In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I'd like to wish you all a very blessed and happy feast of Saint Verena, the saint of this blessed church. Saint Verena was a nurse, and she accompanied the legend from Tiba when they were in Switzerland and the commander, the leader of this legend was Saint Maurice. And what happened after they won the war? So the king ordered them to offer incense to the idols, but they refused. And they were almost 60,000 or more. So in order to scare them and to force them to offer incense to the idol, he made the 6,000 soldier to stand in rows. And he took number 10 and scourged him, and after this, and beheaded him, hoping that by doing this, he will make the rest of the soldiers get scared. But what happened? Actually, he did this with the 6,000 soldiers. And no one of them denied his faith. So the last soldier saw before him 5,999 soldiers killed. And he did not deny his faith. That's how the Copts are strong in their faith. Saint Verena, after she witnessed this, she decided to remain in Switzerland and to repay hatred with love, blood and sword with service. So she used her profession as a nurse to serve the people. And she served them. And through serving the people in Switzerland, she preached to them Christianity. And start people believe in Christ when they saw this angelic saint. When the king heard about her, he arrested her and put her in prison. But this did not actually shake her faith. After some time, she was released, and many virgins surrounded her and lived with her to be like her disciples, and she lived the rest of her life preaching Christ and serving the people in Switzerland. She is very known and she is very loved in Switzerland. They built a church in the place of the cave in which she lived, and there is actually the icon of Saint Verena, or his statue, she carrying comb and pitcher of water. Because that is what actually she used to teach the people in Switzerland hygiene and personal hygiene and help them in medicine. So her story actually inspired us about how to serve and how to evangelize. 
she was not a priest or a deacon she was a nurse but she used her gift her talent her profession to serve the people so each one of us can be like saint verena and can preach the name of christ to the people around us evangelism and preaching comes from a heart that loves god and loves others and because of this love he has a sincere desire to save the souls and to bring the souls to our lord jesus christ because he is the savior i cannot save any soul jesus is the savior so evangelism is about want to get the people and connect them with the true savior in order to be saved and to have eternal life so we can say evangelism or the essence of evangelism are three points number one to explain to the people the problem the problem is sin that separated us from god and the wages of sin is death and how no one is without sin even if his life on earth is a single day all of us we are born with the original sin so all of us without exception we need a savior so that's the first point second point the solution first point the problem second point the solution the solution is the salvation that christ fulfilled he is the lamb of god who carried the sins of the whole world and he gave us his blood for the forgiveness of our sins that is the problem if you want to be saved believe in the lord jesus christ come to him accept his free gift of salvation then your sins will be forgiven and the third point what is your stand regarding the problem and salvation what are you going to do you have two options either to reject and to deny the salvation which means you are denying your eternal salvation or to accept the salvation and how to show our acceptance by believing and repenting and living the life of the church saint paul said to timothy in second timothy chapter 4 verse 2 preach the word be ready in season and out of season be ready in season and out of season so when we preach at any time anywhere at work in the neighborhood in our celebration any moment god actually will give you many many opportunities to preach and to share the good news of salvation in order to be evangelists 
we need to have some attributes or some virtues. As we know, evangelism is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of the gifts. As we read in Ephesians chapter 4, he gave some to be apostles, some to be preachers, some to be pastors, some to be evangelists. So there is difference between all of us. We have to preach and to share the good news of salvation and people who dedicate their life to this ministry, ministry of evangelism. For those who dedicate their life completely to be full-time consecrated for evangelism, they have to be called from God and to receive this gift from God. And how do you know that you have this gift or this calling from God? When the heart is burning with zeal toward the salvation of everyone, when the person, actually like St. Paul, when he went to Athens and saw the city is full of idols, he was burning from inside. He was troubled in the spirit to see all these people are worshipping idols. And here is a salvation, the free salvation that the Lord offered to the people. People ignore it. So, to be called means you have this zeal, burning zeal inside your heart for the salvation of everyone. Also, another point, to be convicted by your mission. When you believe in your mission, when you believe in your calling, you will overcome any obstacle through the grace of God. You will not find in these obstacles excuses. St. Paul, if you want to find excuses, there were many excuses. In his letter to the Corinthians, he explains the challenges and the dangers that he went through. But none of these dangers, none of these risks stopped him from doing his calling, preaching the gospel. Even when he was in trial, standing before governors and kings, he did not use this time to defend himself, rather to preach, as what he did with King Agrippa. And King Agrippa, he told him, you are about to persuade me to be Christian. He told him, yes, not only you, but all those who are attending. I want you to be like me, Christian, but without these chains. So St. Paul overcame all the obstacles because he had great conviction in his calling, relying on the grace of God. Also, he had vision. He had vision. What? he was going to do. If you read his speech in Acts chapter 20, you will understand his vision, how he did not burden the people, 
how he wanted to make the gospel of Christ available for free. How he gave more than he received. How he was warning the people with tears and humbleness. How he did not talk to the people as one superior to them. I am coming to teach you. No, he served them with all meekness and humbleness. How he was not tempted by their gold or silver. He had vision. In every city, he established churches. He appointed elders in these areas. And he followed up with them. Visitation. After the first mission trip, he said to Barnabas, let us go and visit each city in which we preach the word of God and to see how they were doing. So the vision was very clear what he, wa- he should do as evangelist was very clear in his eyes. Also you can see how St. Paul was growing in his spirituality. Because unless I grow, the ministry will not grow. I have to grow. Some people said, St. Paul in the beginning of his service, he said, aren't they apostles? I say that I am better than them. So in the beginning of his ministry, he said, I am better than the rest of the apostles. When he grew in his spiritual life, then he said, I am not worthy to be an apostle. When he grew more in his spiritual life, he said, I who was a persecutor and blasphemer. And at the end of his life, he said, I am the first among the sinners. This actually indicates how he was growing spiritually. Because the more the person grow, the more humble he becomes. In the beginning he said, I am better than the rest of the apostles. At the end he said, I am the first among the sinners. St. Paul also was a spiritual person. So spirituality is a very important element in the evangelist. And we can see these Characteristic also in San Verena. She felt the calling from God. That's why she stayed as a foreigner in a foreign country. It was in her ability to return back to Egypt. But she decided to remain in this foreign country. Not for any gain, but to serve the people. As I told you, many challenges actually faced her. She was arrested and imprisoned. But all these challenges did not shake her commitment to the service. She had a vision and she used his profession by helping the people. And while she was helping the people, she talked to them about Christ. 
she was growing in her spirituality and because of her spirituality and her humbleness and meekness people loved her and accepted to be Christian because of her spirituality she was like an angel living among them Satan will try actually to attack our ministry and he will use some techniques that are very well known in order to convince us not to continue in our mission as evangelists the first technique he is using is fear he will make us afraid of the authorities afraid to say the word of the truth afraid to testify for Christ and maybe we like to be politically correct in order not to suffer this fear made Peter deny Christ three times this fear made some preachers try to please the Judaizers and accept the circumcision and all the tradition of the Old Testament one of these people was St. Peter and St. Paul when Peter actually saw people coming from Jerusalem he refused to eat with the Gentiles and St. Paul confronted him and he told him why you are living as a hypocrite and confronted Barnabas too so we should not allow Satan to instill fear in our heart should be strong and courageous getting our strength from the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth as the Lord said to the disciples don't depart from Jerusalem until you receive power from on high another attack is the attack of embarrassment our youth right now in this ungodly culture maybe they are embarrassed to admit they live pure they live virgins until they get married they don't conform to the styles of the world so this embarrassment can be a challenge to be embarrassed to admit who I am but the Lord Jesus Christ in Mark chapter 8 and verse 38 he said for whoever is ashamed of me ashamed or embarrassed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him the son of man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels don't be ashamed that you are a son of God don't be ashamed that you are following the Christian morals don't be ashamed to defend the truth in this adulterous and sinful generation another attack that Satan is using is the temptation of the world 
He will try actually to tempt us and to pull us back to the world. There was a preacher with St. Paul. His name was Demas. But St. Paul referred to him and said, Demas has left me because he loved the contemporary world. The church every time after the Catholic letter reminds us, do not love the world or the things which are in the world. Satan even tried to use this with the Lord Jesus Christ when he told him, I will give you all these kingdoms and all its positions if you worship me. He tried to tempt him with the pleasures of the world. Another thing is our ego and our pride. Definitely in the ministry, the, the successful ministry needs a humble person. But sometimes Satan is attacking us with pride. Either people praise us for who we are and what we are achieving, or Satan is tempting us to seek praise from people. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bond servants for Jesus' sake. St. Paul was very clear that he is not preaching himself. He is not seeking his own glory, but he is preaching Christ. And him as a bond servant, bond servant means a slave, a slave. When you understand this, actually we will be committed to the ministry of evangelism and regardless of the humiliation that we may receive. Yes, in ministry, will be humiliated, will be attacked, will be spoken against. People will uh, blaspheme against us and they will ridicule us. But a true evangelist understands his service, he doesn't care because he is not seeking approval from men, he is seeking approval from God. God actually honors the evangelists and God rely on us in the ministry of evangelism. He said to the disciples, you will be my witnesses. You will be my witness means God is trusting us to witness for him, to bear witness for him and to testify the truth of the gospel in front of the other people. What honor. Can you imagine if I tell you I trust you with this project? I'm sure when somebody tells you, I trust you with this project, you don't want to disappoint them. What about God? He told us, I will trust you with this ministry. I will trust you to be my witness and to share the good news of salvation with others. Are we trustworthy? Are we living up to this trust or not? God gave us authority. He said to the disciples, I received all authority. Go and make disciples of all nations. So as I received authority, I'm giving you authority. 
to go to bind and to lose. He gave authority to the priesthood to forgive sins on earth. He gave authority to bind and to lose, give us authority over the scorpions and the serpents, over Satan and all his soldiers and all his powers. You have authority from God. He gave us also the word of God, which is sharper than two-edged sword. He did not send us without swords, without weapons. But our weapons are spiritual, not physical weapons. And we are using these weapons like the word of God, which pierces the heart of the people. Like on the day of Pentecost, Peter quote many verses from the Old Testament. And these words pierced the heart of the people. 3,000 persons said, we believe in Christ in one sermon. And the Lord told you, all what I need from you is to do your part, nothing more. The sower is nothing, and the one who waters is nothing. But it is God who actually makes the growth. So whether I am one who sows the seed or water the seed, it is God who makes the increase. Do your part and rely on God. Through evangelism, the church grows. There are three types of growth inside the church. Because sometimes you say our church is growing. Our church can be growing because of immigration. People move from one state to another state or from one country to another country. Or church can grow because of the children who grow and get married and, and so on. So the family grow. But this is not the exact growth of evangelism. Either our church is growing because families are growing, their children growing and getting married and have children and so on, or because of immigration. The real growth of the church, the growth that we read about in the book of Acts, when God adds to the church every day those who are saved. So, how many souls added to the church? Don't count those who immigrate as growth. Don't count those who are born in the church as growth. But the real growth, those who are added to the church, the Lord added to the church every day those who are saved. Then how to preach to those who are different, different from us, whether they are not Christian, atheist, they follow other religion. You need to use words they understand. St. Paul, when he was preaching to the Jews, he preached from the Old Testament. But when he went to Athens to the Gentiles, he spoke from their philosophy, their poems. He did not use one verse from the Old Testament because you don't believe in the Old Testament. 
understand their culture and understand their mind and how they are thinking in order to be able to address them. Also study their needs. Because as we say in the Divine Liturgy, which is taken from the letters of St. Paul, when we have sufficiency in everything, we will abound in every good deed. That's why the Lord healed the sick, fed the multitude. He actually gave them what they need in order to grow in every good work. When actually we attend to the needs of the people, whether materialistic needs or psychological needs, or we help them in treatment, etc. We don't do this as a charitable activity, but it is part of our evangelism, it's part of our ministry. Because when the people have sufficiency in everything, they will abound in every good deed. The last point I like to speak about it, in order to reach our goal in evangelism, there are certain things we need actually to commit to in order for our ministry to be successful. Number one, prayer. Because without prayer, we will be powerless. Prayer is the door to the grace of God. And as he said, without me, you cannot do anything. St. Paul, in his letters, he mentioned several times, I pray for you day and night. So his ministry was successful because he was a man of prayer. Number two, love. St. Augustine said, you cannot save except to those who love you. Use the power of love in order to capture their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. Love is a very powerful tool. As St. Paul said, we love him because he loved us. St. Verena, when she loved the people and served them because she loved them, she was able to capture their souls to Christ. Maybe she was not a theologian, but she had the power of love. That's why she was able to convert a country through the power of her love. Also, you need to keep the balance between being courageous in the testimony and showing respect to others, even to those who are different from you. You need to show respect to them. Don't belittle them. If you don't respect them, you will lose them, even if you have the truth. Nowadays, on the social media, many people claim they have the truth. And they disrespect the other group, even if they have the truth. But if they don't show respect to others, their truth is nothing. Because the true truth 
is a loving truth. Christ, he said, I am the truth. And Christ is God, and God is love. So there is love in the truth. If there is truth in which there is no love, then it is falsehood. Anyone who tries to tell you that he has the truth, but he doesn't show love and respect, that's falsehood. Also, you need to have the word of God dwelling in you richly. As I told you, this is our weapon. This is our sword that we will use to pierce the hearts of the people. The word of God is sharper than two-edged sword. How can you preach while you are poor in the word of God? St. Paul said, let the word of God dwell richly in you. Not as intellectual knowledge, but as a life. The Lord said, my words are spirit and life. You need to live the word of God before preaching it. Also, you need to be generous in giving. I'm not speaking about only giving materialistic. But you need to be generous when you give from your time. When you give from your attention. From you give from your counsel. From you, you, you teach the people. The, the Christian principles. You need to be generous. St. Paul said. I did not delay. To tell you about all the counsel of God. He did not hide anything. He shared with the people all his experience. He shared with the people all what he learned from the Lord when he was in Arabia. Also, when you change bad habits, like how the Lord changed the Sabbath, through preaching and teaching and convincing, although they attacked him and they said about him he has the head of demons, but his style is to be patient and to discuss with the people and to convince them with logic and to explain to them the Sabbath means rest, which means God will be rested in us. When you heal somebody, this actually, you give him rest. So, when we speak about bad habits in the life of others, we need to be patient, gentle, use persuasion, talk and converse with them, and also gently try to switch their goals to be spiritual goals instead of want to have social goals or worldly goals let their goal be the kingdom of God as the Lord told us seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added to you this is what Sanverina did 
This is what the Samaritan woman did. The Samaritan woman simply did not preach herself. Actually, she confessed her sins. She said to the people, come and see. One told me all things that I have done. And of course, you know her, her story. She was adulterous. So the true evangelist will say to the people, come and see. Like what Philip said to Nathaniel, come and see. Like the Samaritan woman, come and see. That's the true evangelist, to bring the people to Christ. May the prayers of St. Verena, this great saint, who preached to Switzerland Christianity through her love, through her humbleness, through her sincere service, may her life inspire all of us to preach the word of God with others and to add the church every day those who are saved. May God bless all of us through her prayers. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.